This episode of StarCourt Study Hall contains discussion of suicide and suicidal thoughts. If you choose to listen, please do so with this in mind. StarCourt Study Hall contains spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Marina. And I'm Amanda. And this is is Starboard Study Study Hall. Amanda and I woke up today and we had a crazy idea. We did? We had the most <laughs> wild idea that we've ever had. Yeah, we. I, mean, I guess we did. I don't remember what idea we're talking about, but I think we did. The idea was to talk about Stranger Things some more. Oh. <laughs> crazy idea. It like just might the, work. It just might work, right? We might be onto something. I think so. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's do it. That was our crazy idea. Wow. <laughs> We're so crazy. (laughs) It's Sunday. Okay. (laughs) Today we're going to do something fun that Amanda thought of like when we originally thought of doing this podcast. It's on our master list of ideas. Today we are going to place the characters of Stranger Things on the Dungeons and Dragons alignment chart. Now, in case you were not aware... Stranger Things is heavily inspired and influenced by Dungeons and Dragons. No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. And we're going to get into like defining alignment in the context of D&D and all of that shortly. And I just want to say before we really go into this, our primary source for this episode is the Dungeons and Dragons wiki page. What a wealth of information that website is. That whole website, any of the pages you go to, it is very thorough. It is. I also think, just as a side note, we have a plan to do what I have dubbed a D&D double D for season three, which is... So, everybody, (laughs) I hope you're ready, because we are rolling out. (laughs) Oh, no, not triple D. (laughs) Who let Guy Fieri into this podcast? He's welcome anytime. So yeah, we have an eventual plan to do, again, what I have dubbed as a D&D double D, which is a Dungeons and Dragons deep dive. You're using the, the deep dive word. I am. Remember in the beginning you hated it so much? I did. I resented it. <laughs> but now here you are. Now here Look I am. Tra- I've come so far. So the reason why we want to reserve that particular episode until season three is because we want to do it in honor of William the Wise Buyers. Because he's yes. obsessed in season three with just playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> That's all he wants. <laughs> yeah, so we figured we would save that. Um, yes. But we thought it would be fun to do our very own D&D alignment chart for our main cast of Stranger Things characters. Now, you probably know what we're talking about because this is now a meme and it has been a meme for a long time. You've probably seen it a million times. And I realized as I was writing the notes for this that this has probably been done before for the Stranger Things characters. Oh. But we didn't look at any of those. And we, and we also didn't look at each other's choices until we merged our charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Amanda did hers first, and then I did mine, and then we merged our charts together. So neither of us knew what the other one was choosing until after. And yes. 
we definitely saw eye to eye on some characters, but then we also disagreed on others. So I think this should produce some nice, fun discourse. Yeah. All right. So let's get right into it with what is alignment in the world of Dungeons and Dragons? So I have a lot of quotes from the wiki. First one. Alignment is a rule in Dungeons and Dragons, which describes a character or creature's moral and ethical outlook. I like that they include creatures in here because I was reading on the wiki page that technically wild animals and stuff like that don't really have alignments. Mm. But Mm. yeah, I guess creatures that are sentient, they, they consider that different. So let's talk about the two axes that are put to use in, in this alignment chart situation. The original iteration of D&D from 1974, in that there was actually only one axis. So it was lawful, neutral, and chaotic. So you had to fall into one of these three categories and that was it? <laughs> that was it. That's all you got. <laughs> no nuance. Right. And if it's starting to sound familiar, what we're talking about now, like lawful, neutral, chaotic, it'll just, you'll start to get more and more yeah. what we're talking about. But then in the 1979 edition, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, a second Ooh. axis was introduced, good, neutral, or evil. Makes more sense. Yes, which is how we ended up with the nine possible alignments. Now, in the first axis that was created with the 1974 iteration of the game, it was really, there was an emphasis on like law versus chaos. So hence, like, lawful, neutral, and chaotic. Law and chaos represent the opposing principles of order versus entropy, control versus chaos, society versus the individual, and stability versus change. Law and chaos are neither good nor evil. They simply are. I like that distinction. They just are. They are. So I don't know about you, but I had never heard the word entropy before. Do you know I, what that is? I think I've heard it, but I honestly wouldn't be able to define it for you. Yeah. So I Googled it for the people in the back, and it means lack of order or predictability, gradual decline into disorder. Cool. Yeah. And according to one of the OG D&D employees, his name is Tim Kask, law represents predictability and rational thought, while chaos represents the opposite. So... I just, I like this because I think it put it into context for those of us who don't have experience with the world of D&D. Yeah. He described lawful creatures as creatures of habit. So we all know what those are. We can all like pinpoint. And chaotic creatures as the personality that can't focus or won't focus on something, or you literally have no idea how they're likely to react at any given provocation. And as I was kind of looking all this, I thought it was cool because you can see how this concept of alignment was woven into, at least as far as I've thought about it. Like, it seems that it was woven throughout Stranger Things more than just in, like, the obvious ways. Like, we know that D&D is obviously an inspiration for the show, and it's used constantly with, like, the Mind Flayer and the Demogorgon and Vecna, and it's how the party makes sense of these forces that they're dealing with. They, they use D&D to make sense of it. But, like, there's this, this, like, order versus disorder, society versus the individual. Like, you can actually mm-hmm. really see those themes in other aspects of Stranger Things, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Right? And then there's the second axis, good versus evil. Good and evil represent the familiar moral divide of altruism versus harm, kindness versus hatred, and mercy versus malevolence. Hmm. Mm. D&D <laughs> considers good and evil to be objective, So there's no subjectivity on this axis. It's just you're good or you're evil. Okay. 
what do they mean by not subjective? So like, I guess it can't be like you think it's evil because they disagree with you. It's like they're objectively doing the wrong thing. Like whatever objective good and evil is. There's like an innate, you are innately good or you are innately evil. Yeah. Interesting. One time at a job interview at eight in the morning, I was sitting down for breakfast with who would have been my boss's boss's boss. And he asked me if I thought that there was such thing as an objective right and wrong. Again, it was 8 a.m. I was at a job interview with who would have been my boss's boss's boss eating French toast. And this is what he asked me. Oh, God. I got the job. I got what the job. What did you by say? I forget what I said. I said I, I, I said I do think there is, but uh, like we were talking about whether students should be required to take ethics classes as oh. part as part of a curriculum, and I said I I think so, but it could be a slippery slope of teaching them what to think versus how to think. Ooh, yeah, that's how I got the job. There you go. <laughs> so, like I said, D and D considers good and evil to be objective, not subjective. So any creature is either evil or not evil. Okay. Then there are acts of evil that are defined, which I think helps to, to understand the parameters here. What are we, what are we defining as objective versus subject? Okay. Yes. So I'm going to rattle off some acts of evil according to Dungeons and Dragons. Lying, cheating, theft, betrayal, murder, vengeance, worship of evil gods or fiends, creating undead or evil creatures, casting evil spells damning or harming souls, consorting with fiends, using others for personal gain, greed, bullying or cowing in innocence, bringing despair, and tempting others to do wrong. <laughs> There's a lot of silliness in here. There really is. I feel like if we isolated that, it would be an excellent TikTok sound. <laughs> Lying, cheating, theft, betrayal, murder. <laughs> I couldn't help but think in the consorting with fiends in the Goblet of Fire when Ron is all pissed off and Hermione is fraternizing with the enemy. The enemy? (laughs) (laughs) But I kind of, this is, I feel like this makes it easier for us to place these characters on this chart because, I mean, tempting others to do wrong. Mm. Like, come on, Mm -hmm. Henry. Join me. Join me. And Mm -hmm. Kali, right? Join me. We didn't rank Kali. Oh, for didn't. reasons we will explain, but yeah. And then there are acts of good, and mind you, there are far less of these. Um, Great, <laughs> helping others, charity, healing, personal sacrifice, worshiping god deities, casting good, good spells, mercy, forgiveness, bringing hope, and redeeming evil. You said worshiping god deities, but it was good deities, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> God ones. God deities. <laughs> it's a little redundant, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Sorry, we are silly today. I, are. I don't know what, what it is, but we are. Okay, so let's talk about some mechanics of this before we really get into placing our characters on this chart. So alignments are chosen freely by the player. So you can go in as a player of D&D and you can choose your alignment. I have the example of Lady Applejack is a chaotic good half elf rogue level 14, right? I love so that. yeah, so Erica chose her alignment. She said I am chaotic good. You can also change alignments. They are not fixed, which is honestly a relief because I struggled 
placing these characters on this chart. Same. Right? It was very stressful. I was very stressed. (laughs) I promise there are other things in my life that bring me stress. That's not just Stranger Things and placing (laughs) characters on a chart. I was having a good day. So that was my stress point. I was going to say, that would be super nice. (laughs) Wow. That's all the stress you have is placing Stranger Things characters on a D&D alignment chart. (laughs) Um, But I unearthed a thing when I was reading about the mechanics of alignment. Mm -hmm. I'm sure others have unearthed this because, yeah, but we we unearthed a thing. So here is a fun little quote from the D&D wiki page. On alignment, certain cursed magic items may force someone to change their alignment. For example, the hand of Vecna turns users evil. I just got chills again. Same. <laughs> His like hand, the hand. The big boy. The big boy hand. The one that like hangs down low and wobbles to and fro. Like it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's a big hand. And there's only... I think one character with deep trauma that has not yet felt encountered the hand of Vecna. Been and touched I, by. Been touched by the hand of Vecna. And I think it is William the Wise Byers. And I hate that so much. I know. I've seen the season five promotional fan-made posters mm-hmm. where Will is like the centerpiece and Vecna is like over him, like Doing some kind of Emperor Anakin dark sith lord thing the hand of vecna can potentially change the alignment of a creature or character that was previously maybe not aligned evilly but now they've encountered the hand of vecna and they are now evil i hate it yep william William the wise buyers stay wise Uh stay wise only you can prevent forest fires. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the effects of alignment. I have another quote, which again, it was just like one of these things. I just read it and I was like, what the fuck is this? This one really threw me for a loop. Yeah. This one got Amanda. I could tell. Yes. Certain planes of existence. Okay. Have innate alignment and visitors of an opposing alignment may find themselves weakened while in such a world. Do we know what this means? Do we need to break it down? Mm. I think you should break it down for the people. So to me, what this means is that if you, if you enter a world or a universe or perhaps a dimension that has an innate alignment that is different from your own or opposes your own. So for example, if you enter an innately evil dimension and you are innately good, you're own alignment or I I guess like your power your influence could be dampened by the fact that you've entered an evilly aligned dimension am I is that yes okay yes and that is amazing and I feel like this could really be a plot point for season five yeah yeah I told I told Eli about this and he was like shook Mm. (laughs) like he was like this is this is quite a theory we've unearthed yeah I think we've unearthed something here yeah kind of like what we were just saying this makes us wonder if the party will need to like lure the baddies out of the upside down because Mm -hmm. their innately goodness would be ineffective in a realm like the upside down and Mm -hmm. we really haven't seen the upside down used as a battleground yet no we've seen vecna's mind lair used as a battleground i mean we have seen them set Vecna on fire 
in the upside down. Yeah. But to me, that was with the use of tools. Right. This feels like, can Elle go to the upside down and have full use of her abilities? That's so true. Versus Nancy and Robin and Steve shotgunning Vecna and throwing a molly at him. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, you know, guns don't have an alignment, so they're not going to be weakened. And Molotovs don't have an alignment. (laughs) And I don't think, like, Nancy, Robin, and Steve, perhaps being innately good, would transfer into objects that they were using to take down Vecna. Yeah. It's more like you have a power that is rendered ineffective, so something like L. Yeah, right. Like, it would have to be between L and the other upside-down creatures. Who's going to be drawn out of where? What's also kind of weird is it seems like there is this, like, goal to have the upside-down leak into Hawkins. Right. Is that going to be, like, a fatal error made by Vecna or the Mind Flayer? Like, shit. We're We're taking the battleground somewhere where our alignments are not compatible. Yes. Vacuum it back in. Everybody suck it back in. Get, get, get the dustpan. Get the dustpan or the Roomba. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we kind of just unearthed two really cool things in yeah. doing this. The hand of Vecna and how it can change somebody's alignment. And then this whole concept of planes of existence or dimensions having alignments. And we feel like these could be little things. Little things, maybe. I hope so. Little things. Yes. All right, so let's get into these alignments and the characters that we're setting out to align today. So right now, I'm just going to give a quick list of the alignments, the nine of them, and what they're kind of known as, and then we'll get into the characters that we're going to align. And we're going to get into the definitions for each of these once we get to the actual chart. So our first one is Lawful Good, the Crusader. Our second, Neutral Good, the benefactor. Our third, chaotic good, the rebel. Our fourth, lawful neutral, the judge. Our fifth is true neutral, right in the middle, undecided. (laughs) They need a major. Yes, right? (laughs) They have declared undecided as their major. Our sixth is chaotic neutral, a free spirit. Our seventh is lawful evil, the dominator. Our eighth is neutral evil, the malefactor and our ninth is chaotic evil the destroyer oh shit (laughs) and there is also a unaligned category which i mentioned earlier is typically reserved for wild animals creatures who don't really Mm. participate in the whole alignment (laughs) thing i don't know they they texted stop to unsubscribe they unsubscribe they don't have an alignment so uh you know creatures who don't really have like a personality or have the i guess facilities to be making decisions on their own that kind of thing you know like flayed people like max Uh, well currently i guess right yeah that's what i mean so the list of the characters that we've decided to align today is who is considered main cast or main characters in the show. So that list consists of Eleven, Will Byers, Jonathan Byers, Joyce Byers, Mike Wheeler, Nancy Wheeler, Karen Wheeler. I don't know why, but she is. Dustin Henderson, Lucas Sinclair, Erica Sinclair, Max Mayfield, Billy Hargrove, Steve Harrington, Robin Buckley, Jim Hopper, Sam Owens, Martin Brenner, Bob Newby, Vecna slash Henry slash one. <laughs> I can't. Imagine that on like a business card. 
Judy has three different business cards. <laughs> Eddie Munson, Murray Bauman, and Argyle. But then, out of respect, we had to include two other characters, the Mind Flayer and the original Demogorgon. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, why doesn't Argyle have a last name? Yeah, I don't know. He's the only one with no last name. I like, there's just no last name. You like looked for it? Yeah, there's nothing. It's just Argyle. (laughs) Just Argyle. Maybe it's a mononym. There you go. DBs. Where's his last name at? Come on, DBs. These MFs, let me tell you. Without further ado, let's get into our alignment grid. Oh, fun. So our first square is going to be lawful good. So I am going to read the definition for lawful good characters. A lawful good character is a protector. The iconic example of a lawful good is a paladin, a holy knight who protects the weak and destroys evil. As Marina mentioned earlier, the way that we did this was that each of us aligned the characters on our own, and then we combined. So the way that we combined our lists is if they were the same, we put the character's name in green. I kept my character's names in orange, and Marina kept hers in purple. So that way we we knew who put who where. Yeah. So let's get into our first character in the lawful good alignment, Eleven. Miss L. Yes, Marina and I agreed on this one. And yeah. what, what was your reasoning, Marina? I mean, she's the one who every single time has protected mm-hmm. this group, like on, on nearly every occasion. So season one, she protects them. She banishes the Demogorgon. 1979. She, uh, yeah. Right? I mean, she uh, banishes Henry. <laughs> as a literal child. As a child. Yeah. Season two, she rescues. We just talked about this. She comes in, rescues everybody from the Demodogs, and then mm-hmm. ultimately defeats the Mind Flayer, closes the the gate. Yeah. Season three, she handles Billy in the sauna, right? Am oh, I yeah. remembering that correctly? Yeah. She also kills the Mind Flayer. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah. With yeah. Billy's, like, I don't know, sacrifice in his own way. Yeah. And... I think also the fact that a holy knight who protects the weak and destroys evil, it's not just about protection. It's Mm -hmm. like they're setting out to end the evil in the world also. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like there's this destruction component. Yes. It's not just, it's not even just defeating. It's destroying. Yeah. Because there's a difference. Because you can defeat something and then it can like rise up again. But like there's a just like destroy. So... The next character we have in Lawful Good, well, actually, I have in Lawful Good, is Bob Newby. And the reason that I put Bob here is because I do think that he is lawful. I think that he cares a lot about the way that things are supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very, like, by the, by the rules kind of guy. He does not like to cause any waves. But I also felt weird putting him anywhere other than good. Yeah, so, for sure. I, I struggled with Bob a little bit because while I do not think he is, you know, a person who is set out, setting out to destroy all evil, mm-hmm. um, he, he is very self-sacrificial and he obviously wants to protect people he loves. Mm-hmm. And I just felt weird putting him anywhere other than good and also lawful just because mm-hmm. he's such a, he's like the most wholesome character in the show. <laughs> he is wholesome. Yeah. So he's the most wholesome. I couldn't put him anywhere else. Yeah. All right, so our next character that we agreed upon in Lawful Good, yes, was Mike Wheeler. 
I kind of love that Elle and Mike are both mm-hmm. in the lawful good. I agree. I feel like my decision on this was a little bit informed by clearly where he places himself. Because mm-hmm. he says, like, I'm, I'm our paladin. So-and-so is our... our True. Um, you know, he, he goes through that whole spiel with yeah. Max when she wants to be their Zoomer. And the whole definition for lawful good was that it's a paladin. Like a protector, a knight who right. protects the weak and destroys the... I mean, Mike is one of those ones, though, that I feel like we could move around. Yeah, I agree. I, I want to say also, I, I should have mentioned this before we started, but I really struggled a little bit with this because our characters all show so much growth over the series. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to say, like, it, it's hard when you're putting people in alignment where, like, they started out one way, but then they moved into a very different alignment, kind mm-hmm. of. So it's almost like you have to decide where you feel like their true character is. So, like, right. is Mike's true character seasons one and two or is his true character the adolescent mm-hmm. three and four versus Angsty someone Mike. Like, right like versus someone like steve who his character where he's going to ultimately end up is probably more season four steve mm-hmm. you know what i mean like so yeah. you have to decide like what am i basing these alignments off of is it right the growth and, of the character and i felt like it was extra hard too because many of our characters are still minors like <laughs> sure like they haven't they haven't fully matured yet so it's, right. it's hard to say for sure what's their true personality but yeah, yeah we tried yeah but i think mike belongs here yeah. i mean he's definitely not as much of a protector or like someone who is destroying evil I, it's really yeah. like but but i felt like he belonged here because he is proactive he's like mm. one of the first people always to be like no 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 we cannot just sit around and yeah. wait for this to happen to us mm. so i felt like he kind of earned that that role of being like a knight because he is sort of valiant and protective yeah and like if we go back to our acts of good i mean helping others he definitely does that like he he's you know bringing hope i feel like he does that he quite does. a bit yeah so i yeah i think mike belongs there i would agree okay all right our last person in lawful good is someone that marina put here and i disagreed with it is jim hopper so i put hopper here mostly because he's definitely a protector mm-hmm. i also think he is the the next person probably who is as actively seeking to destroy evil after L. Right. Like, he is very active in that destruction of evil and protecting the weak process. Yeah. And, like, I can definitely see where he can fall on this, like, spectrum of lawful to neutral to chaotic good. He's definitely good. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. But I do think he is, I mean, kind of just lawful by... like by nature just like he's a policeman so he does kind of have to obey to some extent but again i mean i struggled with him too i i felt more that he was lawful good though than the other the other three or two options because he's a protector it was mostly the protector thing that got me i was like yeah Yeah. hop is the protector here makes sense yeah so that's why i put hop in lawful good yeah all right so our next category is neutral good the benefactor a neutral good character believes in altruism over all else. That's 
That's all it said. That's, That's all a, we got. It's so vague. I know. So neutral good. The first character in this category I put here that Marina did not agree with is Sam Owens. I said Sam Owens in neutral good because I felt that he didn't belong anywhere outside of good. I think that he also has self-sacrificial tendencies and he he cares a lot about furthering the good in the world and for others hmm. because we see this in season two when he you know is willing to stay in the lab and help them get out and you know he wants he really wants to help save will and he's willing to risk his life to do that yeah, and then he is even at the end of the series we the season rather we see that he is willing to work with hopper to make life better for um, Eleven, even though Owens knows he is risking a lot to do that. Right. So I feel like he did belong here because while he he is a man of science, I do feel that he is clearly willing to bend the rules a little mm-hmm. bit in the name of good. Mm, I like that. Yeah, you're going to convince me to move some people around, I feel like. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so our next person that we did agree on is Steve Harrington in Neutral Good. Yeah. I just, I, I he's definitely not lawful. No. Right? And he's, he's definitely not chaotic because I don't really see him as a rebelling against authority type. Um, no. And, and really everything that we need to know about whether he is chaotic can be summed up in one of his favorite catchphrases, which is, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like he is not, he's not a chaotic guy. <laughs> no, he's, he wants like the predictability. He's, mm-hmm. I mean, he definitely seems to thrive in the face of all these things, but, and he's, he yeah. is like, I think of him beating the shit out of the Demobats. Yeah. So he's another one. I But he, I think neutral good is where he sits. I think he's good. He's not overly hell bent on rule following and mm-hmm. protecting. He, he's definitely self-sacrificial. Yes. So that definitely keeps him in the good plane. Mm-hmm. But he's not a rebel. And the chaotic no. goods, aren't they rebels? Yeah. I think yeah. that's like their moniker. Right. So I don't know. I think Steve is a neutral good. Yeah, I agree with all of that. He's definitely willing to self-sacrifice for others. I think of how he was willing to just like get beat up to protect the kids basically Mm. by Billy. Mm -hmm. Because like realistically, if he backed off, I feel like Billy might have just taken Max and left. But he, uh, yeah, he was willing to take that to protect the kids. And, you know, he obviously protects the kids throughout the entire series, pretty much. So he does. He helps others. Yeah, he's a good yeah. boy. Forgiveness. True. He forgives Nancy. Yeah. Right. He does, he, yeah, he is very forgiving. He is a good, a good. He is definitely a good. <laughs> <laughs> Just a good. A good. So our next person on the neutral good list is Bob Newby, who Marina put here. I put him here because I think he has a little bit of a defiant streak. So even though he is good and he is for the most part a rule follower, I think he was willing, I mean, out of necessity to go against what might be an instinct to be lawful. Like, I I think he was like, let's let's go into the map and let me fight off these demigods. Let me go. So I just think he does have a streak of... A little bit of a rebel. Like he, yeah. he's not going to cower. He didn't cower. So to me, True. him not cowering is like, okay, you, you can, you can go against the grain a little bit. 
That's true. Yeah. And he did have this like adventurous streak a little bit mm-hmm. where he, he did crave that kind of like treasure map adventure sort of thing. Sure. Bob Newby superhero. Yeah. So I think that he's, he is definitely like a, a lawful person, but with a rebellious streak, not like a full yeah. chaotic good, but I, I just couldn't put him in full lawful because he dives in head first to this situation with yeah, Joyce and Will and and the lab and yeah, but he definitely sacrifices himself. So he's definitely good. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, that's my logic for putting okay. Bob there. Yeah, that makes sense. And our final person in neutral good is Jonathan Byers, who we both agreed with. Again, <laughs> Steve and Jonathan are both in the same yes. box. Yes. Nancy has a type. She, she loves them neutral goods. <laughs> What is your type? Neutral good. Neutral good. <laughs> wow. Talk about being like quirky and like, wow. I like typically only go for chaotic goods, but I'll make like, a bend for the rules, you know? It's like a, it's like a different version of an astrology girly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's just not my Jonathan, type. Jonathan, I felt like he similarly is very altruistic he cares about others maybe more than himself a lot Mm -hmm. of the time and he's willing to self-sacrifice for the people he loves Mm -hmm. and yeah pretty much all the same stuff we said about steve honestly yeah i i I struggled with jonathan a little bit Mm -hmm. placing him on the good plane i was like i don't know if this guy might just be more of like a a neutral type but right who's been like thrust into this situation yeah but you can see that he is good. You know, like he, like you yes. said, he's self-sacrificing. He, um, I mean, to a fault. We talked about that. Like he, he eventually says to Nancy, like, I'm going to need you to stop. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to calm down. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like he's doing it all for Will. Yeah. He risks his own life for Will. He lures a whole ass Demogorgon for Will. Yeah. He tells Will terrible stories about terrible times. <laughs> about when our dad left. <laughs> to pull him out of his mind flare stupor. Yeah. Jonathan is good. Yes, he, he is. He is. But he's definitely not on the lawful side of things. You know, he's all like, fuck society and shit. Yeah. And cul-de-sacs. Yeah. But then at the same those. time, he's not a rebel. No, he's not. For no, sure. He's no. Not, he's not quite there. But speaking of rebels, mm-hmm. let's get into our chaotic good. So chaotic good, <laughs> as we said, is known as the rebel. And the definition is a chaotic good character believes in freedom as the highest virtue. The iconic example of chaotic good is Robin Hood, who rebels against authority as a way to protect the poor from poverty and suffering. I didn't even put two and two together. What? That, that Robin Hood. Robin. <gasps> I didn't either. <laughs> Like, wow. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. So our first example of a chaotic good person is one that we agreed upon. And that is Argyle. We did agree on Argyle. Yeah. Argyle obviously carries some chaotic energy. Just a little. (laughs) I love him so much. And he, yeah, he is obviously like not afraid to be a little bit of a rebel when it comes to like social norms, just following kind of the path Mm. that is laid out for people, you know, what is expected of you. Mm-hmm. So I see Argyle as a rebel and he's definitely good because he, he does a lot that he could have been like, I'm going to head out. Like this is way too, too much. <laughs> right. Like he, he, he could have found some different friends just like Max, um, but he didn't. So 
I feel like Argyle is also chaotic, but also good because he challenges Jonathan's perception of his and Nancy's relationship. Like True. he's he's the kind of tough love friend, right? He's like, man, you can't afford that school. Yeah. Which is a good trait. You're giving him a dose of reality, but you're going against, you're not sugarcoating. Yes. And like, why isn't she here? Give your left hand a break. Like, I just, <laughs> I just think like he, he really does. He's like a controversial, tough love friend. Yes. Like you're going to tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. Yeah. Which is a good quality to have in a person. So I agree. I think Argyle is a chaotic good mm-hmm. for sure. I agree. The next character that we put, well, I put in Chaotic Good is Robin Buckley. So I said Robin because I honestly struggled with putting her anywhere other than good because she's definitely self-sacrificial too. She is willing to put herself out there. She she ran into that upside down with her little gear on knowing, <laughs> she did. knowing that she is clumsy, mm-hmm. but she went in there anyway to do her thing. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. And Let's be real. Robin is chaotic. There's really... How much further do I need to explain? Robin's chaotic. You define chaotic. It's Robin. Literally. She is just chaotic. Yeah. And and we love her for that. But I really struggled putting her anywhere other than good just because she is someone who wants to help others and protects others. And even like in the face of something being about her, she actually brushes it off in season four when like Steve is trying to console her about Vicky being with someone else. She's like, mm. yeah, no, the stakes of my love life are really not important right now. Yeah. So mm. I I think she is a good. Yeah, I got it. Makes sense. Our next person is, I mean, the most chaotic good character one could possibly <laughs> think of, Nancy Wheeler. I really I mean, struggled with her. Really? See, I felt like she was so clear cut chaotic good. I don't know why I wanted to place her in lawful, but then no. when I thought about it more, I was like, no. Yeah, no. She's not lawful whatsoever. She's, she's a rebel. Not. She's like anti yeah. everything. Yep. She is a chaotic good through and through. She really is. I would say like first three episodes of season one, maybe lawful good, but other than that, she's pretty chaotic, I think. Although, I mean, I think her morals and her ethical, like her her strong moral and ethical um compass i compass compass compasses i i think that's what places her on the good yeah but i could also place her in neutral because she's not self-sacrificial do you think she is i feel like she kind of is in a way although i kind of agree with you though because a lot she is self-sacrificial, but in a lot of ways, she's always very laser focused on her own plan and her own agenda yeah. because even in season four, when everybody's like, okay, we're going to go like do stuff. She's like, hold on. I have to go to the library. Yeah. So, but like, and she also like didn't really tell anybody what she was doing either. No. And I also think it's that it's exactly that, that she is always kind of like focused on her own agenda. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's what is motivating the pursuit of truth and justice for her and for me, it's not, it's going to sound fucked up. It's not to help the, the group. That's not no. what motivates her, her need to be ethical or moral. Like she, yeah, it's like a pursuit of the ultimate truth or the ultimate ethics. And it's not it's still, for the better of Mike and Elle. You know what I mean? Right. And I think it's still about Barb, honestly. Like, True. There is that component. Yeah. Like 
I don't I don't know if Nancy would ever have been on any of this quest if it weren't for Barb. Yeah. Which so, is actually wild when you put that into context. Right? Like, yeah, I don't think she would have had anything to do with any of this. I don't know. Maybe she's a chaotic neutral. Maybe we're wrong. Yeah, maybe we are wrong. <laughs> we were like, yeah, she's cha-, like through I and just, through. I, I think I struggle. She's not bad. I just Mm-mm. think I struggle with the good. Yeah. According to this definition of good. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, we'll say we're maybe on the fence with that one between good and neutral. But she's definitely chaotic. For sure. Yes. Okay. Okay. Another chaotic good is Joyce. Love this. I love that they're both chaotic quote unquote goods. Yeah. I definitely see them in the same category Mm -hmm. for sure because they will stop at nothing in the pursuit of truth and saving people that they care about. But Joyce, like now that we've thought about Nancy mm-hmm. and what motivates her versus like what motivates someone like, I don't know, like Elle. Right. Right. Joyce to me feels more motivated by the people around her. That's mm. why she's doing this to save Hop. Yep. She needs to save Hop. Nancy's like, Nancy would think that there is an objective wrong and right. Yeah. Right. So Joyce belongs in chaotic good for sure. I think so. But her and Nancy are different. Yeah, they are. I don't know. I think we. I think we might be wrong about Nancy. All right, I'm gonna move her. <laughs> Gotta get out of here. Get out. Go We're down moving here. her to chaotic neutral. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Nobody saw that. <laughs> All right, our next person in chaotic good, which I did not agree with, but Marina put was Eddie Munson. All right. Yes. So I said Eddie was chaotic good because he is a, a very self-sacrificial to me. Yes, but for those who he cares about. Although I could, I guess, argue that he self-sacrifices at the end of season four, not because I'm arguing against myself, not because (laughs) of Dustin and his love for Dustin, which I do think is like a component. For sure. Right. But he doesn't have any, none of the other characters really mean as much to him as Dustin does. Yeah. But it could be more that he's, I mean, he literally, does he not say something like, what do I have to live for at this point? Pretty much, like, yeah. If I go back, I'm They're going to kill me anyway. I'm yeah. dead. Yeah. So, but I do think he is, like, good. I don't I get... so, too. Yeah. So, that's why I put him in chaotic good, because I, I don't think he is in between good and evil. Like, I think he has a, a good streak to him, where he does choose to sacrifice, where it's, mm-hmm. like, one of the key pieces of neutral is that they don't have that sacrificial quality. Yeah. So I chose good because of his choice to sacrifice himself, regardless of his motives for the sacrifice. Yeah, I think that's fair. So last person in chaotic good is one that only I put, and that is Jim Hopper. Mm. So I put him in chaotic good because despite the fact that he is a police officer, this man is clearly willing to be corrupt and bend the rules. <laughs> so I felt like sure. it was... Yes, you're I right. Like it wasn't completely accurate to put him in lawful good, mm. um, but he is definitely self-sacrificial, and he he does care a lot about the people that he is protecting. So mm. like he does have that protector quality, like you said, but also I... I struggled with putting him anywhere near lawful because yeah. this man goes absolutely rogue. He's like not lawful. <laughs> no, in season one, I mean, he's like punching a random dude outside the bar to go break into the morgue and cut open a child's body. So <laughs> wow, when you really put it like that, <laughs> let me just turn him green. Hold yeah, on, <laughs> for real. I was like, I don't know about lawful. Yeah, so that's that's why I put Jim over in. Uh, no, Jim. Jim. Who the fuck is Jim? Jimothy. <laughs> Jim word. (laughs) 
yeah, I put him in chaotic good because he's definitely good, but he's a little chaotic. He's just, okay. All right. All right, fine. (laughs) All right. Our next category is lawful neutral. These are hard. Aren't they hard? Weren't the neutral ones like difficult? I don't know. I found them hard. Uh, Our next category is lawful neutral, which is the judge. A lawful neutral character obeys principle as the highest virtue. For example, a judge who treats all fairly and equally would be considered a lawful neutral. The first person we put in lawful neutral who we agreed upon was Dustin. Yeah. For sure. He's just very pragmatic. Extremely. I always go back to him in season one, like, you can't have more than one best friend. Like, he's just, like, (laughs) he really, we talked about this a million times. He doesn't, it's not that he doesn't have emotions. Mm -hmm. He definitely does. And he, like, loves very deeply. But he. He's not driven by emotions. He's not driven by his emotions. Yes. You know, like, somebody driven by their emotions would have run out after Eddie. You know what I mean? Right. When he realized, like, that he couldn't. This is the him, way it you know? needs to be. Yeah. And his his logic, I feel like, takes yep. over and he's like, this is the way that this needs to happen. Yes. Like, literally, except for the situation with Dart, but like, yeah, that was clearly very out of character. It was, but that was also motivated, I feel, a little bit by wanting wanting to be the one to discover a species. He was yeah. like, I want the science. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, it's hard to say if that was emotion. True. Maybe it was more ego? Yeah, I would say so. It's his yep. tone. It's his tone, right? (laughs) The next person we put and also agreed upon is Lucas Sinclair. I mean, yeah. He's the judgiest judge on the show. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He is. He's he's also pretty pragmatic in his own way. And actually, like, I always felt that the decision to clue Max in was not so much driven by his crush on her, but Mm. just for wanting to include her. Yeah. And it does feel like an attempt to like level out the playing field yes yes yeah i can agree with that right like uh, yeah to me it was like the the crush was on the back burner for me Mm. with that one our next person in lawful neutral marina put here is sam owens so the reason why i didn't put him in good was because i feel like it's the same reason you didn't put hopper in lawful yeah i always got this from owens And I do think he, it goes back to like what you define as good. Yeah. So Owens to me does have the ability to act less than good. Yeah. So that's why I I did put him in the neutral row because he does do things where you're like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was good. Would somebody genuinely good have tried to science away everything that was happening before his eyes that's true despite it being very not scientific like okay this is Mm -hmm. ptsd okay this is the anniversary effect okay this is a hive mind okay this is a virus (laughs) yeah it's like owens you were getting to a point where we need to address reality (laughs) and i do wonder what would have happened if he had been more proactive in addressing the reality would it have gotten to the point that it got to right so I couldn't put him in good because to me, he he does have the ability to act similar to Dustin and Lucas where he is acting pragmatic, perhaps like to, to the detriment of others. Yeah. So that's why I couldn't keep him in good. So he's okay. neutral, lawful neutral to me. I, I get that. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Our, our last person in lawful neutral is someone i struggled with so i <laughs> really did i was like wow amanda has it out for this person 
it wasn't that. It was just like I really like I felt like I didn't know enough about this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just told Marina, wherever you put her, I'm just gonna agree with you. And then I proceeded to not agree. You so, did do that, didn't you? Yeah. So <laughs> I put Karen Wheeler in lawful neutral. And honestly, it was because I went over this list with Eli and I was like, Yeah, I just agree with Marina on Karen. I didn't know where to put her. And he was like, Yeah, but like she definitely she's pretty pragmatic about her family and she I don't know like she does definitely try to fit into that role when she's clearly like unhappy so it it feels to me that she is kind of lawful in that way and even when you know Billy propositions her essentially to like go have an affair she's like no never mind even though I'm unhappy like this is the life I chose and I'm gonna follow the rules by it so she gives me a little bit of lawful, but kind of neutral also because while she is somewhat of a protector, she also doesn't really have the full picture. So it's kind of hard for us to say. Right. I'm and just like she also like she seems like a protector sometimes, but then also like most of the time she has no idea where her children are. So Holly, I don't know. Look at the fireworks, sweetie. There's mama. <laughs> there's a gigantic skin spider. There's crawling a mind through the flare woods. <laughs> coming through the trees, mama. Just Holly. Just look at the fireworks, sweetie. No, just don't look wow. at the don't look at the wow. trees, baby. <laughs> look at the look at them. Yeah. So that was why I put Karen there. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't say good for Karen. I don't think she's that. You know. I don't know. She's not. Yeah. No. I agree with the good part for yeah. sure. Or the lack of good part. Yeah. Or the neutral The neutralness. Right. The neutrality. Oh, yeah, that's the word. (laughs) So speaking of neutrality, we have made our way to the central box. True neutral. This is it, man. (laughs) So true neutral is undecided. A true neutral character is neutral on both axes and cares not for any stance of alignment. This often describes someone who cares only for their own personal needs, neither inclined to hurt or harm others, nor to obey or rebel. And I just want to play D&D, damn it. Damn it. (laughs) This is the only character that belongs in this box. 100%. He belongs right here, smack dab in the middle. And that character, everybody, is William Byers. William the Wise Byers. Sorry, I forgot his middle name. Excuse me. But yeah, Will is a true neutral to me. I I couldn't put him anywhere else. No, he, I I think what made me put him into true neutral is the potential for his Mm -hmm. swaying. I think he can be influenced and I think he can be swayed. And I think this is the best place to put a character who feels like they were interrupted in developing their identity and thrust into like an evil, terrible situation. And where does he lie on this plane of good versus evil? I mean, he is literally a spy. Right. It's kind of like that idea of like exposing children to trauma and how it can kind of go one of two ways Mm. and lead them down a path of, you know, doing everything quote unquote right and getting their life together so that that kind of thing never happens to them or their future children ever again. Or it can go the opposite way where being exposed to trauma like that can cause you to lead a a trauma filled life. Um, It just gives me chills. Right. This other, it reminds me of another thing. And I don't know if anyone out there is going to know what I'm talking about, but Eli and I play this game called hollow Knight, and it's an indie like 2d kind of game. And it's amazing. You should go play it. It's like $15 on every digital store. It's not bad. It's great. So Mm -hmm. hollow Knight, though, the, 
the basic plot of the game is that there is like a an entity that invades this world that is sort of like infecting the minds of all of the creatures who live there and they are trying to breed a perfectly quote-unquote hollow these are bugs by the way a quote-unquote hollow creature so that this entity cannot corrupt it because it has nothing to corrupt. So it kind of gives me that vibe of like Will being kind of like a blank canvas. Mm. Like maybe he is the perfect candidate to contain this evil. I don't know. That's the vibes it's giving giving me. It reminds me of Hollow Knight a lot. No, I definitely get that. Yeah. I, I just think too, like we talked already a little bit about the trauma component here and how Will is the only character left really who has had true trauma yeah that like will's the next the fact that they decided to purposely integrate the concept of trauma into season four and make vecna use that against people and then you have someone like will with such unresolved trauma it's just like it's perfect (laughs) it It is. is just it is perfect and i think will is exactly like you said you can either grow from the trauma that you experience and build strength and perseverance through it. Or you can go the opposite way where you either repeat the cycle or Mm -hmm. that's all I have to say. Will is a true neutral. He belongs right smack dab in the middle and he's the only one who goes in that box. And I'm so happy we agreed. Me too. At first I I had Will somewhere else. And then once I saw you put him there, I was like, Oh, never mind. No, he's a true neutral. He's a true neutral. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, Will. Sorry, Will. So our next category, chaotic neutral, is our biggest category so it is. far. So a chaotic neutral is considered a free spirit. A chaotic neutral character follows their heart, but without the willingness to self-sacrifice as a chaotic good character might. Mm. A great many adventurers are chaotic neutral, doing what they wish and rejecting all forms of authority. Some chaotic neutral characters follow a deliberate philosophy of destroying the old way to make way for the new. Hmm. And our first character here is, I mean, we basically just defined him with that paragraph I just read. And it is Murray Bauman. Yeah. I mean, that was probably the easiest person. <laughs> yeah. Probably the easiest person I aligned on this chart. Yeah, because he's really not, he's not bad. No. But he's not good. No, he's as not. As we sit here and define the word neutral. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Right in the middle. <laughs> but he, like... I think that Murray is an excellent example of somebody who, like we said about Will, who was just kind of like in a life and then got interrupted. Like, sure. He, in a life. In a life. (laughs) I think that he definitely was not self sacrificial before the events of season three and stuff when he was very much needed. Mm -hmm. And in, in in a way, he remains not super self sacrificial, but. I think he understands that his his services are are needed and he's willing to go along with that. But also he's definitely changed a lot. But I, I just the authority thing, like rejecting all forms of authority. It's like so Murray. I know. And we also don't we never know really why Murray is choosing to help. Yeah. We never really know. Is it because he cares about Joyce and Hopper or is it because the forces at play here are ones that he has been actively working against. Very true. I.e. Russia. Like what? It's similar to Nancy. Like why is mm-hmm. Nancy and why are Murray doing what they're doing? Is it because they are good 
or is it like some greater external reason? Right. And I, I would guess it's the latter because I yeah. think Murray and Nancy connect on a number of ways. Mm, true. They share a, a great sense of justice. Yes. Overall. And I, I think that that's why they do both belong in chaotic neutral because a lot of their actions are driven by that sense of justice versus care for others or any mm. other factors. It's so interesting too because we meant, we'll obviously get into the evil part, but like part of the good or the neutral is the simple fact that you will, you don't intend to harm, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you don't have to be good to not intend to harm. Right. So definitely Murray and Nancy have no intention of harm. No. But they're kind of out for their their own reasons. Yeah. Yes. Our next character in Chaotic Neutral is one that I put here that Marina did not, and that is Eddie Munson. Now, I put Eddie here for pretty much the same reasons you put Eddie in Chaotic Good, but I felt that the self-sacrificial piece wasn't 100% self-sacrificial at the end Mm -hmm. because I felt like throughout the entire season... You know, and he makes a point to talk about it too, that he he runs. He's he's a runner. And at the end, when he is self-sacrificial, it's almost like a well, I'm gonna die anyway, so I might as well die a hero. And that's not for me to say that I don't love Eddie and I I I don't want anyone to get it twisted that I am bashing Eddie in any way. I love him very much and and would marry him given the chance. But (laughs) but I don't think that his reasons were entirely unselfish. Mm, so it. I feel like I had to put him in neutral. I love that because I think it's also a really good way to think about mental health because mm. it's, I'm going to be controversial for a minute. Oh, okay. I struggle with a person's right as a person, right? To take their life. Is it my right mm-hmm. as a person to take my own life? Like, is that, Is that my right or is it not my right? And I think of what this means for someone like Eddie and how you choose to like flesh out a character. So if Eddie is struggling with like, I tend to run, I don't necessarily value my life enough to not run in this situation Mm -hmm. right into death. Like, is this a little bit, is this like an indirect way of taking your own life? Like is Eddie, is what Eddie did a little bit of a taking your own life situation in a way. Yeah. I mean, I think that he kind of weighed the pros and cons at this point and he understands that like, he's going to be on the run for the rest of his life essentially. So what kind of quality of life is uh, is that anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then like, what does that mean as far as a character arc is concerned to reinforce that as an answer to those questions of like, does my life have value? Would it have done Eddie more justice to overcome those questions rather than, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it definitely would have. And I think again, like that's kind of why I put him in chaotic neutral Mm -hmm. because I think a person who would fall in good might face those questions head on and and those, those solutions or or answers head on, even Mm -hmm. though they might be terrible answers. So, and, and again, I would like to make it very clear that I am not indicating in any way that taking your own life is a selfish act. That is not what I am saying. No, 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 no. No? No, no. But I do feel like I had to put him in neutral for that reason just because I didn't... I couldn't tell what exactly the motivation was there. Yeah. And what I also want to say we're also not saying that it's a succumbing to a weakness. Right. I just think we need to be clear about that. Yes, 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 yes. That is not the case. But no. 
yeah, that's why I, Eddie was a struggle. It's a very yeah. complicated question with complicated answers. So for a character who had how many full minutes? Right. <laughs> Didn't somebody calculate how many yeah. minutes? Was it like I forget. cumulatively like 13 minutes or something? Yeah, it was like nothing nothing major at all. And he is so complex in just 13 minutes. Right? Like how did they do that? Yeah. I don't know, man. An incredible character and a wonderful addition to season four. And I'm very sad he will not be with us. Or will he? Who knows? creation of undead creatures falls into the evil alignment i will say hmm. so we'll we'll see what Who happens do with that with our evil characters wow hmm. so next person in chaotic neutral is max mayfield which we both agreed with yeah she's yeah. a take no shitter <laughs> <laughs> there's a hyphen in there she really is and again she's one of those people where like she could have left a long time ago <laughs> yeah like, she does not need to be dealing with this, but she is. Um, does that make her good? I don't know. I I mean, I struggled putting Max in good because I think she she is definitely self-sacrificial, but Catech Neutral includes that they are not self-sacrificial. Yeah, but so, I'm also going down the same path we just went down with Eddie with Max. Right. I mean, she was literally like, of course this fucker would target yeah. me, right? Yes, and and another point about Max is that she actually has mentioned several times throughout this, maybe not several, but throughout season four, that she had thought about Billy's, Mm -hmm. what he says when he comes to her Mm -hmm. in that, like, scene, and what does he say? I can't. That that she, like, she Mm -hmm. stays awake, like, wondering if it was her fault and and wishing that it would happen to her, too. And and sometimes have wished to join me. Yes. Oh. Ugh. Stop. Like, I cannot. Yeah. So, again, it's like, is the self-sacrifice really self-sacrifice? Or is it just that she feels that she has really no other option at this point? Because the other option is her old reality, which really sucked. Wow. Yeah. This took a turn. This really did take a turn. Who knew Chaotic Neutral was going to be so controversial? Uh, Fucking D&D alignment charts, man. All right. Really have us thinking over here. Yeah. So, so I... I would still agree that Max belongs in chaotic neutral. Though. Agree. And yeah. I think I feel like Eddie is now chaotic. I have to, I feel like I have to pull him out of good. Not because he's not, he's not bad. No, he's but not I bad. Just, we have to figure out what his intentions are. What, what are his motivations? Right. And again, it's so difficult because a lot of these characters have such sharp arcs where they yeah. change so much. Even Eddie throughout the course of one season changes so much. So it's, it's hard to say with them. But yeah. So our next person in chaotic neutral, again, that we agreed with is Erica Sinclair. I mean, she's, she's like a cut and dry chaotic neutral. Yeah, I think so. But it is funny that we put her in chaotic neutral and she put herself in chaotic good. That's funny. She did. Right? She did. Yeah. Yeah. She's not a rebel to me though. She's not. And I think that she is willing to put herself on the line, but only if there's something in it for her. Sure. Right? And I, yeah, I, I just want to go back to like what the little terms were that were accompanying each alignment and the chaotic neutral one was free spirit. Hmm. So I do feel like Erica fits into that yeah. more than she fits into rebel, but I you're would right. Agree. She does have a very like, what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, she, she only ends up helping them with the Russian situation mm-hmm. in season three mm-hmm. when they give her a, a lifetime supply of ice cream. And that that is not proportionate <laughs> whatsoever. No, it is not. And it ends up being completely useless anyway because the ball burns down. <laughs> you don't think the ice cream withstood the fire? I do not think so. The mall fire? I think that might be one thing that did not withstand that fire. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
So our next person in chaotic neutral, which I did not put here, is <laughs> disclaimer, uh, is Robin Buckley. The reason that I put Robin here was because I did not perceive her as self-sacrificial, but hmm. then you reminded me of the Lover's Lake thing, and she just goes right in. She's she like, you know what? Uh, that's my guy, and he's down there, and Nancy went, and I need to go. Right? Yep. She goes after. She goes third. Yeah. Which we could also say is Eddie, is he's, he's not really self He was like, oh, fucking A. I guess yeah. I gotta go now. Once and and that's another example of him being only self-sacrificial to basically make himself look better. Because he, he yeah, literally like he says felt that. like he was backed into a corner. Yeah, yeah, he says that when they're down in the upside down. He he literally says to Steve that he only went in there because they did. And he didn't want to be the only one who didn't. Yeah, like he really has this coward complex. A little bit. Yeah. Anyway, back to Robin. But back to Robin. Yes. Fucking Eddie, man. We're going to have to have like a whole. For real. Eddie needs a whole episode. An Eddie-sode. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. You've maybe flipped me on Robin because hmm. you had her in chaotic good and I had her in neutral and I didn't see that self-sacrifice. I saw her as very similar to Max and like it's like a take no shit type person. Right. But she does have like, okay, yeah, let's go to Penhurst. Okay, okay let's yeah. do this. Okay, okay. You want to climb into the vent? Sounds good. Like, right. And, and there's no motivation Really, I mean, why? What? What was in it for her to help them decode the yeah. Russian message? She was just bored. <laughs> <laughs> but like all the other stuff she helps with, even after she's clued into everything that's going on, there's really nothing in this for her. She has no skin in this game. Robin literally fell in, like more so, I feel like than any of our other yeah characters. She was just like, oh, a code. That she fun. happened to just get the world's worth summer job, and then next thing you know, she's like involved with these people. <laughs> yeah, in, in a national security threat. <laughs> I do think she is a chaotic good. I would move Robin now with with okay. our conversation for cool. sure. Cool. Okay, our next person is Karen Wheeler in chaotic neutral. Tell us. I can't about it. say the same that I would move her. Yeah, the simple fact. That she even entertained yeah. the affair. This she, is true. I just died in your arms tonight. <laughs> and she's like putting on her makeup and it's like, it's like primping her hair. Yeah. She, and she, she like, took off her wedding ring. Oh, she took off her wedding. It went in the dish. Mm-hmm. And, and Billy was all like, you can learn the, the breaststroke. The breast and she was stroke. like, oh, oh, me. I'm sorry. <laughs> she is too much entertaining of this potential with billy a lawful neutral to me would have been like get the fuck away from me you literal high schooler you literal (laughs) child why are you hitting on me yeah yes you're beautiful but why are you hitting on me yeah i i i don't know karen i'm moving yeah Uh, just a simple fact that she like you're like you said she took off it took seeing holly asleep on ted to be like i better go back upstairs and rethink (laughs) this yeah. Plus, with Karen, I do think we get that little allusion to, like, her and Nancy in season three. Like, kick ass, yeah. daughter. Go after it. Because I didn't have that chance or I right. didn't seize that opportunity. Yeah, I don't know. Karen, yeah. for me, is a chaotic neutral. I, I agree. I moved her from lawful neutral to chaotic okay. neutral. I agree yeah. with Marina. That wedding ring came off and yeah. she listened to that song because that's totally how that works in yes. shows. She's a chaotic neutral. Yep, I would agree. And and I would also like to mention that I totally forgot about the fact that Billy is literally in high school. Also, we <laughs> accidentally ended up now with Karen and Nancy as chaotic neutrals. We love it. Yeah. Lo- love that. That is kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's move into the fun part. (laughs) Our first evil is lawful evil, the dominator. We agreed nowhere. I know. This is great. Except on one person. A lawful evil character is a tyrant. They have no moral qualms about punishing individuals for the greater goal of furthering society. A lawful evil villain is often easy to deal with as they can be often trusted to keep their word. All right. So our first person here who I put and Marina did not agree with is Brenner. So I put Martin Brenner in lawful evil because he has goals of furthering society and making all these psychic children and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And he obviously has no issue with punishing children to achieve this greater goal. He sees this potential in Eleven and is basically shocking the hell out of Two when he threatens that potential in Eleven. He has no issue with that. And I also wanted to mention the part where it says they can often be trusted to keep their words so they're easy to deal with. Mm. Brenner is very good at appearing trustworthy. I mean, mm-hmm. he gains he gains Owen's trust somehow. And while he does not keep his word, that's kind of the whole arc of season four, actually. Um, mm-hmm. He's very good at manipulating others into believing he is trustworthy and, and that you can trust him and you, you can love him and he cares about you. So I feel like he he is often easy to deal with just because he is not absolutely like chaotic and, and won't just like randomly murder you mm. like, like Voldemort or something. My Lord, I'm not <laughs> My Lord. you know? <laughs> so that's why I wanted to put him in lawful evil. I think that he is definitely a man of science and mm. he, he has goals about the society he wants to see. Um, and he has no problems, you know, with, with punishing people when they get in the way, but he's not indiscriminate. Okay. And that is my, that's my sell on Brenner. Okay. Marina put Vecna Henry one in lawful evil. Tell us about it. So the way that I did these was based on what we think or what we know to be the character's intentions or like what they think they're doing versus what it appears externally that they're Mm -hmm. doing. Okay. So like Vecna Henry one to Mm -hmm. me is so utterly confused when L says you tricked me and he's like, (laughs) no, like I'm helping you. And he believes himself. They, they, that Henry one Vecna <laughs> feels definitely to me like a tyrant, mm-hmm. but I, I do think he thinks that he is doing good and it is for the greater good of society. Like, cause we live in a society. We do live in one. And I think he thinks that he's doing all the right things and he's absolutely right. And this is the way that it's supposed to be. And mm-hmm. I don't think he sees the dysfunction in that. I think that is his, tr- it's, it's truly delusional. Like okay. I really think that he thinks that this is, he is doing the right thing. Yeah. The part where I struggle with him with lawful evil is the easy to deal with. Um, yeah. no, <laughs> he's uh, not. not whatsoever easy. No, he's but I, I, I struggled with these because Vecna Henry one doesn't feel chaotic to me. Right. So to me, he feel, they feel lawful. Okay. Because he, they think that they're doing the right thing wholeheartedly. I get that. Yeah. They're like, this is for the greater good. It's hmm. that jigsaw thing again. Yes, yes, yes. Punishing people that they perceive as bad for the world. Right. Yes. All right. And our last person 
person. In, <laughs> in Lawful Evil is one of our uh, out of respect characters, the Mind Flayer. Marina, tell us why you put the Mind Flayer in Lawful Evil. So the reason why I put the Mind Flayer in Lawful Evil is because it's the Dominator. So hmm. to me, it really does feel like the Mind Flayer, similarly to Vecna, it's not doing this out of malevolence. It's doing this out of what it deems like a survival necessity. Like yeah. it is programmed to dominate and to take over as a means of survival. Like that's just, it's in and of itself is like a virus. Like yeah. viruses aren't being bad on purpose. They're just, that's just what they do as a means to survive. It's their job. Yeah. It's their <laughs> job. So to me, the mind flayer is just like, I'm just doing my job. Um, <laughs> This is what I was born to do. So if you have a problem, like I can't help you because it's my innate survival instinct okay. to dominate. He's just obeying the laws of himself. Yeah. So I, I put the mind flare in lawful evil because he feels too autopiloty for mm. me to be okay. making malevolent decisions. I get it's it. more of like an opportunisticness, like which I guess kind of defeats my next thing, but it's just, I just feel like he's, he's dominating cause that's what he's programmed to do. I get that. It's how he's wired. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So our next category is neutral evil. They are the malefactor. Ooh. A neutral evil character is selfish and has no problem harming others to get what they want if they can get away with it. So I first wanted to talk about the one character in the evil axis that Marina and I agreed upon. And that is Billy Hargrove. <laughs> we both put him in neutral evil because let's be real. This man does not have a good, good intention really anywhere. And he obviously has no problem, you know, harming other people to get what he wants. He's selfish. He's selfish. And he does care about getting away with it. Like, yeah. he obviously doesn't want to be caught. And he also puts on this facade in front of other people that he's like, you know, this ladies man and, he, you know, whatever. But... He is uh, not that. Yeah, I think Billy is just selfish and we see him like retreat a bit into himself in season three. He almost does kind of occupy like a neutral space mm -hmm. starting in season three, which is interesting. But I think ultimately he is he is an he is one of our evil characters for sure. Yes. And I, I think like in the beginning of season three, he definitely was kind of reeling off of the heels of the end of season two, where mm -hmm. he got the shit beat out of him mm -hmm. by his little sister. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I think that he was probably trying, like you said, to retreat a little bit, but that does not excuse the rest of his awful behavior, even when no. he's not flayed. Right. Billy. Yeah, I agree. We agree on him. Yes. So another character I put in neutral evil is... The original Demogorgon, or just... The OG boy. Just Demogorgon. <laughs> so, I put the Demogorgon in here because I was operating under... Like we said in the beginning, D&D &D says that things deemed wild animals typically are not aligned. But for the, for the sake of aligning the Demogorgon, I was kind of pretending that he was operating on his own, not as part of the hive mind, sure. and that, that he was sentient. So, I put him here because... What he wants is to um, eat and, like, <laughs> lay his eggs. And he obviously has no issue with harming people to get that. So, uh, But he also wants to get away with it because, obviously, he doesn't want to be trapped in a bear trap and set on fire. So, Sure. Yeah. So that's why he I put... He wants to get away with it. I'm just trying to eat, my <laughs> guys. This is my dinner. But he's just hungry. So, yeah, that's why I put Demogorgon here. I felt like he wasn't exactly chaotic. But also 
yeah, he's evil. I, don't I know. kind of agree. I might have to move my demo. Okay. And our last person in neutral evil is Martin Brenner, who Marina put here. This was hard for me. I had him flip-flopped, I think, a little bit between lawful and neutral. And the yeah. reason why I landed in neutral was because I don't truly know if he if his motivations lie in the furthering of society. Yeah, his, that's his true. motivations feel a little bit more to me like they're selfish. Mm. Like he wants this knowledge for himself. It's not so much about bettering or furthering society. That's very true. Because if that was the case, then he wouldn't have turned on Owens. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he feels more selfish to me than somebody in the lawful evil box, just because I don't think he's motivated by the betterment of X, Y, and Z. He just wants this information and this knowledge and these children for his own use. It's selfishly yeah. motivated. So that's why I put him in neutral evil and not lawful evil. I could get with that. Thanks. Okay. But I did struggle. So. Yeah. Okay. And then our last category, chaotic evil, the destroyer. Oh, shit. <laughs> sounds like a monster truck <laughs> a chaotic evil character is malevolent a villain bent on revenge might be of this alignment where the most powerful lawful evil villains might aim to conquer the world this might be preferable to their chaotic evil counterparts who would destroy it so i had to put vecna henry one in this category because mm. i feel like he is just hell-bent on mm. It's not quite revenge, but it's like some perceived slight against him that he feels that he needs to make everyone else's problem. And he clearly has no issue with just destroying whatever stands in his way. I mean, he is he's taken down Hawkins like he's he does not. It's not that he wants to conquer Hawkins. He wants everyone to die. So to me, that feels very indiscriminate and it feels very revenge based, although Clearly mm-hmm. selfish as well, but I also struggled too because obviously he thinks he is furthering society, but yeah. yeah. But also like when, when I started really thinking about it, I was like, okay, but like what villain doesn't think that they're furthering society, you know? Like, sure. I mean, Brenner, maybe he has some selfish intentions, but like a lot of supervillains, I feel like they think that what they are doing is the right thing and that other people should join them. So... For him, I really struggled. I felt like I had to put him in chaotic because he will literally destroy and kill anything in his way. There's also this dichotomy in Henry's world of the destruction of one versus the creation of another. Mm -hmm. So, like, we have his creation of whatever is going on in the Upside Down. Yeah. Versus his destruction of... So, it's like there is that, too. Like, he is a destroyer, but in some token... He is a creator too. That's very true. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not that saying that to sway you. I'm literally right. just like thinking. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think he is a very confusing and complex character. Um, Seems like a theme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Yeah, I also put the mind flayer in this category, and again, I'm kind of just kind of separating the mind flayer to pretend that he is his own like entity. Because we don't really know, like, how Vecna and the Mind Flayer are connected. So I'm just pretending they're separate entities. They are. And, yeah, they are. So I feel like the Mind Flayer kind of has a similar ideology where, like, yes, he wants to conquer, but he is kind of willing to destroy as well at the same time. You know, like, the creation of the tunnels under Hawkins. Like, he will do anything he can to infiltrate and conquer. So I felt like I needed to put the mind flayer and chaotic just because he also has no problem sending his demodogs out to kill innocent people 
who are in the way. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, Marina put the Demogorgon in Chaotic Evil. Yeah, I don't know if I feel this way anymore. <laughs> I might want to move him into neutral evil. Okay. Um, just because, like, the Demogorgon, to me, it doesn't really feel... I mean, I could even make the argument that he's lawful in the same way that the Mind Flayer is lawful. That right. there's, like, an instinctual quality to how they behave. Yeah. A chaotic evil character is malevolent. I don't really know if the Demogorgon is malevolent or if he is bent on revenge. Yeah. But I also don't think he's a conqueror. No. You know, I think he's just a predator. I agree. So I, I might have to take him out of chaotic and put him in neutral. Yeah. Because I, I, he really just feels like he's acting out of need, needing to be satiated. And, yes. and if he is a pawn, which we don't know yet, yeah, that even puts him more into neutral because he's just... <laughs> right. But then again, no, I think it's lawful because if, it, if he's a pawn, he's not acting selfishly. True. He's acting on someone else's orders, essentially. Yeah. I think I need to take Demo out of chaotic and put him in neutral evil. Okay. Because he's too predatory. He's not like, I need to do revenge on... No, no, he's yeah. not thinking that far ahead. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Just hungry. Uh, the, the evil characters were very hard to characterize for me. Um, they are hard, especially when you take into account something like the definition. So like you mentioned the vines, right? Yeah. As like a destruction. Yeah. You can also see them as a domination. Right. Which makes it lawful. Yeah. Right? So yeah, they were very difficult. And, and it was especially hard to categorize the ones who have connections to the upside down mm. because we don't a hundred percent know their motivations yet or or like how all of that works so that was hard yeah no i um, agree this was difficult okay we have categorized all of the main characters Phew. that was a lot that was a lot <laughs> so before we go today we have a couple shout outs yay yeah so we wanted to shout out two of our listeners who have been really active with us on our Instagram. Yes. And it's it's so fun. The first one is Matilda. And we've noticed that a lot of you are actually binging to catch up, which is like wild. Wow. <laughs> You've listened to our voice for so long consecutively. That's so many hours of us talking to you. But you guys have really sweet things to say. So Matilda has not only been binging, but she's also been going back and commenting <laughs> on the episode posts that she just watched. So we just want to thank you for that. We love the engagement and it's just, it's so fun to meet you all too. It's like yes. talking to you all about stranger things. I know it's really fun. Like, it, and it's interesting and cool to see that People care about what we have to say and mm -hmm. also want to engage with us about mm -hmm. what we have to say. You know, we always thought going into this, like, okay, I don't know who is like thinking about this as much as we are, but it turns out a lot of you are. There so. are people that are doing that. Yeah. And we also want to shout out Sarah who sent us like the nicest DM <laughs> ever. And she did make our day because she, she reminded us that Dustin greets Yertle when he returns from camp in season three, which means dart did not eat Yertle. She wanted to reassure us. Yes. I totally forgot that he does that. It's like a split second where he greets Yertle. <laughs> yeah. So we are very happy. Thank you, Sarah. And also just thank God for Dart's continued time. Not Dart. Yertle's <laughs> continued time on this earth. So thank you. Thank you both yeah. so much. No, truly. Like when Marina sent me the screenshot of this message, Sarah, I was like, oh, thank God. I'm so happy. <laughs> Phew, that was a close one. <laughs> Phew, we almost lost the turtle. So yeah, thank you for that. All right, 
Thank you so much for listening. We Again, did it. We did it. We have aligned the characters. If you have any thoughts on that or, uh, you know, anything really obvious that we totally missed, let that us too. know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, till next time, everybody. Stay strange. And I'll catch you next time on this We Flavor are not Town. going to Flavor Town. Flavor Town Roadshow. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Flavor Town. <laughs> Stay strange, everybody. Bye. Bye. To keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming StarCourt Study Hall episodes, follow us on Instagram at StarCourt Study Hall. Thank you.